Bills Browns has been moved to Detroit due to a looming Buffalo snowstorm. And what is also looming over is the brewing storm, which is the NFL playoffs, which are getting closer and closer. And mm-hmm. there's plenty of playoff implications coming up with that that we will discuss. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I am Adam Wright with Justin Tucker. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Uh, it's the weekend. It's almost Thanksgiving break. Yeah, I'm just surviving, trying to get through it. How about you, Adam? Same, dude. This is the last – I think this is our last show before – our before our Thanksgiving break, we're done after this Tuesday, so almost there, and we can stuff our faces with some turkey, some mashed potatoes, stuffing, all that good stuff. We're gonna be with you guys for one more show, so we'll be able to wish you guys a uh, happy Thanksgiving on Tuesday for our Tuesday show. But we do have a great show planned for you guys tonight. We're gonna talk Bills and Browns. Moved to Detroit due to the Buffalo snowstorm. We're going to talk about the decision there and whether or not it was the right one. Uh, we're going to talk about Titans, uh, Titans Packers on Thursday night football and per- perhaps the Titans showing a little bit of a learning curve here with uh, also the Vikings and Cowboys playoff implications uh, in that game. Uh, but to start, we're going to hit on the Bills versus the Browns moving uh, moving to a different location for the snowstorm, and um, there's been a lot of bu- there's been a lot of buzz between uh, with that because a lot of people are saying they should have stayed. We want a snows we we want a snowball again. We love the games where it's where it's snowing, and I get it. But I kind of want so it led me to to look, to research one thing: all the past games where there was snow, and I looked up. Uh, the 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 amount that it snowed as well, and how the game turned out. So going back, the last real game where it snowed and it piled up was 2017 Colts versus Bills. It snowed 16 inches, eight during the game, and the final score was 13 to seven. It was a running, it was a run dominated game. Now going to 2016, Steelers Bills, two to three inches. Uh, Le'Veon Bell rushed for 235 yards, three touchdowns. That is a franchise record for the Steelers. Then in 2013, Lions versus Eagles. So it snowed six inches that day. And LaShawn McCoy set an Eagles franchise rushing record with 217 yards. Now we're going to the uh, 2009, the infamous Patriots versus Titans game. So it snowed, it was a little more than a dust up, two to three inches. 59 to nothing, the Patriots smeared the Titans. And Tom Brady, six touchdown passes. Safe to say the air attack was not affected by this this snowstorm. So 2007, the divisional round, it was Packers versus Seahawks. So it snowed about two inches. And the Packers won 42 to 20 uh, on the back of Brett Favre in his last home playoff game. Um... Then there was 2007 earlier on in that season, Bills-Browns again. And the game ended, it, so it was, it was a foot. Game ended with an 8 to nothing victory uh, for Cleveland. Eight points scored. Wow. Eight points. Um, so now we go back. Here's an iconic one. 
2001, the divisional round, Patriots Raiders. Yeah. The iconic snow bowl. It snowed, it snowed a foot during that game. 16 to 13 ended in a Patriots win. Cheating. It was <laughs> cheating. Come on. The tuck rule was a real rule. Come on. Tuck rule was a rule. Come on now. Come on. But a lot of these games, besides a couple of a couple of exceptions, generally low scoring games, which is kind of why people like the like the games. But the the what the common theme for these games that I listed is that it all snowed about just maybe less than or a little over a foot. But in this game, it's four to six feet. Four mm-hmm. to six feet. Now, I, I didn't get the chance to look up how uh, how much it snowed during the last game that was moved. It was 2014, Bills for the Bills uh, versus the Jets. That was the last game that was moved. I didn't get to look that up, um, Tuck, if you wanted to uh, look at that. But, like, so, Tuck, look yeah. at this. I mean, it, it, like, I get it. I like, I like getting the snow, right? But – at the same time, like four to six feet, that's like, that's the ice age. There's players who aren't six feet tall and they're in there and they'd be out there playing in it. And on top of that, how are the fans getting in and out? That's going to cause for, you know, if players are, if player or excuse player players too, but you know, if, uh, if these fans have to drive to and from the game, that's dangerous. That's dangerous, especially with the traffic going uh, before and after the game. That's going to cause for some issues and possibly some lawsuits as well. They're like, why did this game wind up being played? So I get it. I like I like snowballs just as much as the next person. I love games where, you know, you look at you watch it through your TV at home because I'm, I'm not going to these games. The snow, the, it, the field is completely white. And, you know, both teams are struggling to get some offense. It's a ground and pound rock fight. But there's, there comes a point where there's, there's a limit. But, Tuck, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, first things first, uh, I like these games. I enjoy watching them. I, I don't know what's about them. I think they're just aesthetically pleasing watching players just try to run through the snow. Even though they're running, trying to run as fast as they can, it kind of looks like they're trying to walk through these giant – Bottles of uh, like mountains of snow. I just found them interesting. As far as the games, they may be like slow grudging affairs, but it kind of reminds me of like the olden days of how football used to be. Didn't matter the weather or climate, they just went out and played. So I found those games to be really good. As far as this game in particular, as much as I wanted it to see see it played out, realistically, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, the Bills released some photos of. The, the way the field was, there wasn't there wasn't any way that that field was going to get like plowed and moved all that snow in time for that game to happen. So I understand why it was moved to Detroit, but at the same time, it kind of messes with the Bills and their home field advantage that they would have had, and it's going to require fans to drive out of state to go to another part of like of the country all the way up to Detroit, and that's probably not what they want to do, considering the snowstorm. So. I'm not sure how it'll affect the Bills. Maybe it's a good thing that they get to play in a dome for that offense. Maybe it's a bad thing. We'll we'll have to wait and see come uh, Sunday. 
Right. Well, it looks like that game is going to is it's so it's in it's in Detroit, and the Bills' next home game is December eleventh. So Ooh. Buffalo has so that's that's just over a month, uh, yeah, ju- uh, just under a month away. So mm-hmm. uh, Buffalo has plenty of time to clear out uh, to clear out all of that snow. And you know, you know, another thing that we didn't even think about though is what if there's another snowstorm between then. Knowing Buffalo, it could happen. It, it could happen, but I'm not sure if they're predicting that to happen yet. Not yet, but we still have almost a whole month for that all to happen. I mean, the the forecast isn't that far ahead, so we could. Sure. We what if we get another like two feet of snow? Then it causes all new problems, and yeah. we may not get a Buffalo a Buffalo home game until it could Maybe. be a while. I'm not sure. I, I need. I'd have to pull up the uh, the Bills' schedule, but I believe I, they they must have other games uh, bef- after December 11th. Yeah, I'm pretty. Aren't you one of those games? Patriots. Yeah. Right, because the Patriots have they, they they're still yet to play. Um, the Patriots are still are yet to play the Bills their first time. Yeah. So, so. yeah, they that's going to be unless that one is. Uh, let me pull it up. Let's pull it up real quick. All right, mm-hmm. ESPN. Keep talking while I look this up. No, but I, as far as the Bills and their home schedule, I think they'll be fine regardless of who they, uh, where they play because of the offense and how good Josh Allen is. The problem is Josh Allen hasn't exactly been playing well, and I'm not sure how good that defense is to keep him up. Not to say that he's been playing horrendous because he still was able to score 30 points, but at the worst possible times, at inexplicable moments, when plays seem like everything is going right, Josh Allen will throw – a horrendous interception where you're just figuring out like, are you okay, Josh Allen? What's wrong with you? All so, right. yeah. All right. So I found it. So they they their next game at home is is the Jets on the 11th on December 11th. Then the very next week on the 18th, it's the Dolphins. So if they if they get another couple foot of snow between now between now and then, then they we may we may not see. The uh, we may not see uh, Bills football in Buffalo until January eighth, when the Patriots, um, when the Patriots come into town to to uh, to play them, and they'll probably host a they'll they'll probably host a playoff game. They're at that level where they're going. They're they're not going to be in the or wait. They are. They could be. They, that's that's, that's right. They could be. Because they're they're in the wild card hunt right now, right? Because the 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 Dolphins are. They just took. Um, they they just took the division lead in the AFC East. So yeah, it's either they they lost the the division lead or they're tied for with the Dolphins. But the Dolphins have the tiebreaker, so the Dolphins will be in the lead. And so, yeah, they're playing in a wild card round. So if the playoffs were to start today, I think they would face us, which you know is a loss for them. So you know, you mean face us as in, in the Ravens? You know, the last yeah. time the last time you two uh, faced off. In the playoffs, the uh, the Bills had the be- had uh, the best of you guys. They had the best of us, but they did not deserve to win. They, from the offensive standpoint, they only scored ten points. If Lamar doesn't throw that horrendous interception, the game's tied, and we actually might win that game. Well, how do you know they're going to score in that game? Because we were able to, to drive down the field. If Lamar doesn't throw the interception, I could see reason that he throws a touchdown instead. Yeah, but the play before Marquise Brown was open for a touchdown, Lamar just missed him. Right, but 
you, with the with the wins that should that was the great equalizer because yeah, but again. The, the because the the bills had the had the passing attack which was which was equalized mm-hmm. and the the ravens would be would have the advantage at that point with the yeah. running game but they weren't but able to capitalize on nothing my line didn't decide to show up that day. I don't know what it was, but they just didn't show up. In the first quarter, we were moving the ball down the field, and we couldn't do it. But I digress. We're a different team. I think we're a better team than we were in 2020. Hopefully, we make the playoffs, knock on wood, and we see. And I don't care who we face as long as, you know, we win. Absolutely. And talking about teams that showed up or didn't show up, the Titans' passing attack showed up arguably for the first time this entire season for the team. And we're going to discuss that and the possibility that they might have turned a corner here in this season. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with Justin Tucker. So on Thursday night football, Titans-Packers, the Titans edged out the Packers 27-17. to So Derrick Henry did his thing in this game, 87, uh, 87 rushing yards and 45 total receiving yards. But looking at this game, so Traylon Burks, rookie Traylon Burks, had seven receptions for 111 yards. Robert Woods, who was acquired this offseason, six receptions, 69 yards. Ryan Tannehill, 333 passing yards and two touchdown passes, and three total touchdown passes for the offense. And the Titans now have their right now they're at the seven and their seven and three record uh, with the number three seed in the AFC. So Tuck. Did the Titans prove that they could be well-rounded on offense going forward? Yeah, but again, I don't. The problem is, can they do it consistently? I think that was always that's been the biggest question with the uh, with the Titans. Yeah, they can run the ball with Derrick Henry. That's obvious, and that's what they always try to impose first. But the thing is, once that doesn't happen, can they win from with the passing? And against the Packers, they were able to do that. I'm not sure if they're able to continue the success with the passing because Ryan Tannehill can be either hit or miss. When they're hitting, he's really hitting. But when he's missing, oh, brother, he's missing. So can they keep that up? I'm not sure, but not a bad step. But once again, the Packers uh, didn't show up to play, which is unfortunate. So... I guess the question remains to be seen with the Titans. I have all the faith in them to be able to do it, but I'm not sure if they're able to do it consistently. But they can do it. I just have a problem with consistency with them. All right. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, 
and it was CJ on the show, not yourself. But what I said was the key to the Titans possibly being contenders this year is their passing game. And it starts with rookie Traylon Burks and veteran Robert Woods. Both of these players were brought in to help their passing attack and make them more of a more of a well-rounded uh, all-around offense. Keep them from being one-dimensional and keeping it from being just the Derrick Henry show. And Traylon Burks has been kind of a disappointment all year. He's had so, he's shown some flashes. However, you know, he, he and he was also he was also uh he also was on IR for a couple of weeks. But what you see from from rookies is that they always they always tend to play their best ball later on in the year. It takes them some a couple weeks to get to get adjusted. They have a new quarterback to throw to. They, and it takes some time to earn, to gain their trust. And this guy, seven receptions, 111 yards. Do you remember the first year that Ryan Tannehill took over at quarterback? Yeah. When, when Ryan Tannehill took over at quarterback and he went off with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was a rookie that year too. Yeah. I'm and with it. it was it was towards the end of that season where he really started to hit his stride, and the team all around was able to put, produce results. So looking at so looking at this, this is a this is pretty it's this is a pretty encouraging step forward for the team, especially with Robert Woods coming off a torn ACL. Those take a long time to recover from as well. Even when you're back, you're not actually back like your old self. So Robert Woods, six six receptions, sixty nine yards. That's important. That's important to have a one two punch on that in that uh, receiving game. And for Ryan Tannehill being back to himself when he's at its when he's at his best, I get the inconsistency, but if they can just get him to play his best ball when it matters most, then this team's as good as any. It is. Their their rushing attack is the best in the league. And their defense is playing actually much better than it was supposed to be. So if they can if they can figure things out all around on offense and keep doing what they just did last night to the Packers, the Packers secondary is pretty damn good, by the way. Yep. They're a little injured, but they're good. They have some they have some good pieces back there. And they torched them. Ryan Tannehill torched them. So Seven and three right now. They have the number three seed possibility for them to move up because it's pretty tight in that AFC race. They're right there. They're in the mix. I'm not going to tell sit here and make some Super Bowl predictions. Tell you that they're going to make it. That, that they're going to go all the way, but they're in the mix. They're right there with the Dolphins. They're there with the Chiefs. Everyone. It's a tight race. And the, yeah, it's a tight race in the AFC. I mean, tight- I expected it this year, but. Everybody has like things they need to work on. The Titans being that they have to work consistently work on the passing game. And with Jalen Burks back in the lineup, that does seem like a sudden improvement for them because now that he played against the Packers, he looks like that rookie stuff we all hoped him to pan out to be. But the thing is, can they do this consistently? I'm still iffy about it. If they can do this consistently and Derrick Henry can continue to run the ball like he's running. Oh, yeah, they can win the Super Bowl with that because Derrick Henry's a beast and Ryan Tim can show flashes of MVP performances. But again, consistency is always going to be the issue with them. One moment they look like they can do it, in other moments 
it'll look like there was a reason why they relied so heavily on the run. So I'm optimistic about it, but realistically, I'm not sure if they can keep this up. Well, it's going to it. So it seems like it, it seems like we're on the same page for the most part. And it's going to come down to whether or not they can continue this because yeah. it is one game. I will grant you it's one game, but it only it takes that one game to start it. It always starts with that one game, especially with the rookies. Traylon Burks, seven receptions, 111 yards against the Packers secondary, not just padding your stats against one of the worst defenses in the league. The Packers are pretty respectable on defense, especially in the secondary. Front seven is another is a completely different thing. But uh, um, the secondary, that they were able to violate it in this way, 333 yards for Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. pretty good. Pretty good stuff right there. And neither of them have scored a touchdown yet, so the, the best could be yet to come here for both of them. Fair so, enough. Pretty excited. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty encouraged from what I from what I saw from them on Thursday night football. Um, but we do want to move on, and we're going to get to the Vikings and Cowboys, two teams in the NFC, where if the if the playoffs started today, they'd be in. But seeding is in. Well, the, technically they're not in yet. And plus, seeding is pretty crucial here for both teams. Two teams that are, let's say, Super Bowl hopefuls. So we're going to talk about all the ins and outs for that. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright here with CJ. Med- excuse oh, me. Oh, excuse me. You you have not been on the show enough, and that is that is the issue that just happened there. Oh, that's with, what it is. I, I apologize. Just oh. with Justin Tucker, goodness, my gracious. main man, co co-founder of co-founder the Fumble Rooski podcast. Excuse me, with the other guy and co-host of the show. CJ is out tonight, literally out. I guess he's going out with a couple buddies, and Aww. he's been on like almost every show this uh, this semester. So uh, he deserve he deserves a break. Um, yeah. But we're going going into Vikings uh, Vikings who are traveling to face the Cowboys, and some potential playoff implications. So the Vikings are eight and one, and they're basically tied with the Eagles record wise. But the Eagles ate their lunch earlier on in the season, so they have the head-to-head advantage um, in that um, in the standings there. So the Eagles technically still have it, but the Vikings still hot on their heels. Vikings haven't lost a game since then. Um, for the Cowboys, they are six and three, but they're coming off of a loss 
and they they still hold that six seed, but only by a game over the five and four 49ers. And the Cowboys, they're they're better than the six seed. They're they're looking to they're looking to move up. Their expectations are not just sneak into the playoffs. So seed, uh, excuse me, Jesus. You got one more. <laughs> one more strike and I'm out. All right. Um with so talk. Uh which team needs the victory here more? To be honest, the Vikings do. Uh it's tough because they're all so close in their like races, depending on which race do you see more valuable. For the, for the Vikings, I see that as more important because I believe the Vikings, in order to make the Super Bowl, has to have home court or home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which means instead of going to the Eagles, they would have to or Lincoln Financial Stadium, they're going to have to play it at Minnesota. And if they go to Minnesota, all bets are off because, you know, the Vikings can pull off some magical things at that place. So I believe it's incumbent on them to win the game more so than the Cowboys. The Cowboys need the one to stay pace in the NFC East which for some reason is starting to heat up all of a sudden. You have the Cowboys, you have the Giants, and you have the Eagles all of a sudden are three very good teams. Congratulations to all three of them. But I don't see them – I don't see a loss here putting them in jeopardy of missing the playoffs. I'm not sure if they'll catch the Eagles in overtaking them and them might have a potential chance at winning or getting the one seed but I see it as more important for the Vikings to get it than the Cowboys because they're in a better position to get it than the Cowboys are at this moment in time. All right. So you you can really argue it for both sides that they need this game more because the Vikings, I, I, I agree with you. It's very, they're very much reliant uh, whether or not they can make a play a good, good, strong, deep playoff run with they're very reliant on, on, home field advantage. I think if they if they have home field throughout the playoffs, they can go deep. They can go all the way to the Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. if they have to if they have to take that high flying air show offense into a cold weather game, then that's a little that's that's a little bit uh concerning for me. Whereas for the Cowboys, defense travels. And yeah. the Cowboys have a Their pretty defense good defense. Travel. What's that? Their defense hasn't traveled. You saw what happened to them when they went up to Green Bay. Sorry. That would yeah. definitely pick them, to, pick them apart if they play like that. Every, it happens to every defense every once in a while. It's not always going to happen. Even that even that, uh, even that, that historic uh, Broncos defense lost a couple times because of their defense. It's happened. It happens sometimes. But they, regardless, they have an elite defense. They lead the league in sacks this year so far. And that means they're solid. They also and they also have a very very good run game that doesn't rely on one guy, relies on two. They have a two headed monster in Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, who can both also catch the ball. So two complete backs, and you also have a pretty good passing game. Very all around team that can. I I I believe the Cowboys. If take the name off of take their take the name away first because I know they're the Cowboys. And yeah. when I go on to say I think the Cowboys can win a playoff game on the road, then people are going to laugh at me. But I yeah. don't like to look at it that way. I don't like to look at I think that's lazy analysis, saying they're the Cowboys, so they can't win. Come on. It's a different different team every season. I know they've had an, an unfortunate uh, 
They've had they've had an unfortunate dry dry spell in the past uh, quarter century, but it all it always ends at some point. So, like I believe the Cowboys could win a playoff game on the road. I think they can do that just by the way they're built. The Vikings, they're just too they're very one dimensional. So they need they they're going to need that home field advantage in order to win. So look, but looking at how the Cowboys could be looked at as a must win team. Like where they need this victory. So you mentioned it, you mentioned it when you were speaking. They're in the NFC East, which is this is a back, this is an ass backwards season for the NFL. The NFC East is the is the toughest division in football. Every single team yeah. is either in the playoffs or is a half game out, being the Washington Commanders, now that Taylor Heineke took over. So if you win just a couple, if you lose just a couple of games, go on a tiny little skid, then you could see yourself out of the playoffs. Realistically, you could see yourself out. And not only that, you could have a very low playoff seat. They're already low right now. They're just out of, they're just a, a, a game out of the last playoff spot. And I'll have to, I'll have to double check that just to make sure. Uh, ESPN, ESPN app is not uh we love the dean college wi-fi we love it we absolutely love it you know that that's the dean difference um all right yeah so they have the sixth seed and they're right behind the new york giants in their division for a for a higher seed they would Mm -hmm. still be hosted by the 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 buccaneers but there are a couple games out of that division. The, the, I mean, the problem is they have the – there's the Philadelphia Eagles who are the best team in football right now. Yeah. So, e, like, even though they're 6-3, and three, they won't be able to host a playoff game. And in order to, to keep pace with the Eagles, then you need, you need to win all the games you can and just pray to God that this Eagles team starts to lose a couple of games here. And maybe that maybe they're just not as good of a team as we thought they were, the Eagles. But that Eagles team is a badass team. Everywhere, mm. everywhere around around there, you see talent. That team is that team's just built. And the only thing that you that you could bank on if you're a Cowboys fan right now is that maybe this Eagles team, they get knocked off their rhythm, they forgot how how to lose a game, how to bounce back from a loss, and it, it throws them out off for a couple of weeks. Maybe they lose a few games in the next month. Maybe. That's what mm-hmm. they can rely on. But they also have to win every game they can because they're 6-3 and three right now. Because I don't think a 12-5 and five record wins them this division. I don't. But that's, again, even if they do win out, I still don't – they still are a game behind the Eagles who won against the Cowboys this year already. So if the Eagles do what they're supposed to, they might end up like, I want to say, f- five and one, six and zero oh in the division alone, and still have enough wins to be the number one of the two seed. I don't see the Cowboys making up a two-game skid against the Eagles, because I think the Cowboys are going to lose another game, and I'm not sure where the Eagles are going to lose quite yet. I believe they're going to lose like one or two more, but I don't think that's enough for the Cowboys to make up. As far as for the Vikings, I think the Vikings have a more legitimate chance than the, the the Cowboys. So I believe this is a more must-win game for them if they want any chance of having the one seed. 
Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that is why I mentioned for uh, for the on the Cowboys part that they need the they don't need to just like they're not in the driver's seat to get in, to host any playoff games. They also need to rely on the idea that the Eagles perhaps could lose a couple of more games coming up here. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll need to win at least two more, right? To lose at least two, right? Because that would put the Eagles with two with three losses on the season. And that would leave the Cowboys, if they even went out, with with three, which would tie them. And I think they have one more matchup coming up, the Eagles and the Cowboys. So the Cowboys need to win that game as well. So yeah, actually, you know, I'm talking myself into this. And I thought this was a must win for both because both teams, both teams are, are teams that were unexpected to make the playoffs and they need it and they're gonna need they're gonna need all the wins they could get. I'm thinking like I'm talking myself into the Cowboys now. I really am. I real that, that division's just so tough. And yeah, the Vikings kind of need it because they want to keep pace and they they're they're a better team at home. Still, yeah. still, this is like it's just they, the Cowboys need to win all the games they can get. Yeah, and the last time I remember, the Vikings were in Dallas. Kirk Cousins had a field day that game. So, good luck, Cowboys. You're going to need it. You're certainly right. And I feel like that that game has has the makings of a shootout. And I think I believe for our our fantasy football segment, I have a couple players who are starts co- going into this game. And this is a good. This is actually a good. This is a good transition into our next segment, mm-hmm. uh, where we have the Fumble Ruski Fantasy Fix. That is next. Our Stardom Situms going into Week Eleven. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football. They're saying it's a catch. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam right here with Big Justin Tucker. See, I got it right this time. There we go. I added a little something on there as well. Um, So we have reached the Fumble Ruski Fantasy Fix. And as always, on our Friday episodes, we have stardom sit-ems for our Sunday slate of games. So as for running backs, we're going to start Isaiah Pacheco at... Los An- at the Los Angeles Chargers and Brian Robinson at Houston. For sits, we have David Montgomery at Atlanta and Deontay Foreman at Baltimore. For wide receivers, we're going to start Kadarius Tony at the Los Angeles Chargers and Cortland Sutton versus the Las Vegas Raiders. For sits, we have Jacoby Myers versus the Jets and Allen Robinson at New Orleans. For tight uh, for tight ends, we have for starts Cole Komet at Atlanta and Gerald Everett versus Kansas City. For sits, we have Juwan Johnson versus the Los Angeles Rams. 
for uh, and we also have Tyler Tyler Conklin at New England for quarterbacks. We're going to start Justin Fields at Atlanta and Kirk Cousins versus Dallas. For sits, we have Matthew Stafford at New Orleans and Jared Goff at the Giants. For defenses, we're going to start the Broncos versus Las Vegas and the 49ers at Arizona. For sits, we have Colts versus Philadelphia Eagles. And we have Panthers at Baltimore. All right, so there you have it. Our Week 11 stardom, sit-ems. can't believe it's already Week 11, Justin. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. It's already. It feels like just yesterday when we were wait, just waiting, just waiting for this NFL season to start. Getting you guys through that summer with our player rankings and division previews, fantasy football rankings, all that stuff. It was fun stuff, and we had plenty of time to set it all up. But you know, we love the NFL season better. We like we love watching football, not just talking about it. But Tuck, have any? Do you have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? No, I have no other thoughts, Adam. I'm good for right now. All right. Well, go Pats as they face the Jets here coming up for this right. game. Go Ravens. And we'll see how it goes, man. I mean, this the AFC East is the most competitive it has been in years. Mm-hmm. You can realistically see any of these teams making the playoffs. In fact, actually, I believe if the playoffs started today, they'd all be in. Yes. All Every of them one of them. Right now. And the NFC East is the same way. The the commanders are now just a half game out of the playoffs. So unbelievable for the teams that are playing on the East Coast. Just great football all around. Or just distributed, like every team is just good, just okay without any great teams. Maybe a couple. The Eagles are really good. You know, the Dolphins are up there. The Chiefs, Chiefs, even with even Patrick Mahomes, even without Tyreek Hill. All right, well, I'm rambling <coughs> – excuse me. I'm rambling on, but that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out. Bye.